Hi, I'm Steve Walker, the CEO at Boating Industry Association of Victoria, and welcome to This Boating Life, a podcast series dedicated to the people who have made the Victorian boating industry what it is today, how they got there, overcoming challenges along the way, and this podcast will also help explain why you should consider joining us in one of the greatest industries in the world. Enjoy this episode of This Boating Life from BIA Vic and boatingcareers.com.au, an exciting new boating careers hub for job seekers and employers. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of This Boating Life with thanks to boatingcareers.com.au, the ultimate hub for job seekers and employers who are looking for the right person for the job in the boating industry. Visit boatingcareers.com.au. Well, good day. John Willis here and welcome to This Boating Life for the Boating Industry Association of Victoria. And uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm very pleased because I've got a very, very special guest and very, very special uh, identity from the boating industry to have a good yak to today. Uh, everybody knows of Bar Crusher Boats. Everybody in the marine industry, everybody in boating in Australia, Bar Crusher is the name on everyone's lips. Put the word bar crusher on social media and just watch the explosion. There's so many different opinions about these wonderful products, no doubt about it. And someone who's going to tell us all about bar crusher boats right from the very beginning is the original owner of bar crusher boats, Peter Cleland. How are you, Pete? How are you, John? And that's uh, a very <laughs> kind intro. <laughs> Mate, it's uh, it's a very fair intro because it's quite true, isn't it? The the word bar crusher it was uh, it was really no illusion that the, the the branding of bar crusher was always going to be out there and making a very bold statement to the boating industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know um, you know we started the business because um, uh, we felt there was an opportunity to do it differently and. Um, uh, we thought there's an opportunity to pitch a, a product that uh, performed to a, a higher standard. You know, we felt there were a lot of trailer boaties out there that were, or fishermen as uh, our audience, who um, who really wanted a, you know, really well-engineered, soft-riding, stable platform to fish from. And uh, we went about trying to deliver that. And I think over 23 years, we, uh, uh, we put a lot of boats into the marketplace and had a lot of happy customers. You did a lot of things different to a lot of the original plate aluminium boat manufacturers as well over many years in the boating industry in that I think the downfall of so many in the past has been that they've tried to uh, customise their manufacturer, their manufacturer for every individual customer, whereas you took a good look at the market and said, these are the actual criteria that fishermen need and let's face it, you came up with some absolute fishing weapons. <laughs> yeah, well, look, we tried to, um, I guess, list the attributes that most people wanted in a really good quality fishing boat. When we came to the market back in 1999, um, we, we recognised that there were some very high-volume producers of your more press-sheet tinny-style boats, and there's some very low-volume producers of custom plate boats, but there weren't too many that were having a good crack with a sort of a you know, a, a standardised range of good quality boats. So we tried to deliver a range from sort of around five metres up to around seven and a half metres and just tried to sort of uh, load the boats with every, uh, um, uh, you know, attribute that a, a fisherman would want to give him a great tool for the job. And 
Um, I think over time we continue to evolve that and, um, you know, the, the brand and, and what we were trying to achieve resonated with, uh, with people and uh, we're very grateful for their support and accordingly there's a lot of bar crusher boats out there, which is fantastic. We're very proud of that. Yeah, it's certainly been successful and it was right from the very word go. I remember going to that boat show in uh, 1999 and all of a sudden here were the, the two boats there from memory as well. And, uh, and everybody, I went back to the local fishing clubs, everywhere you went in the boating industry after that, the word was bar crusher. Did you see the bar crushers? Did you see <laughs> the new deep V design? Did you see the ballast? Did you see the dropping uh, cabin structure as well? There was so much innovation that really hadn't been seen so much before in the industry, particularly in aluminium. Yeah, look, I think, um, you know, water ballasting was something that, um, you know, people uh, saw value in almost immediately, you know, a, a passive system where water flows into the hull and settles the boat down on its chines and gives it extra stability. So it's so important in a fishing platform to have a, a combination of, of, of a deep V for a nice soft ride and a, and a really stable platform at rest. And I guess we we sort of were able to deliver that and, um, you know, um, our customers immediately saw value in it and, um, you know, we continue to evolve the product with those sort of key initial attributes into into what it is today so yeah and and didn't it become popular i mean people must realize that by putting a deep v into a hull it's going to cut through that hull will cut through the chop like like butter like a knife through butter and that be the uh the process it wasn't a new idea peter it had been used in the past before i mean ballast goes back you know to the to the early days of shipping um, every every good ship has ballast, but uh, you you really refined it so very well into the manufacturing system there, didn't you? Yeah, look, I think we what we did was we recognised that you know there were several key sort of um, you know functional attributes that people wanted. That was one of them. Um, you know, a deep V and a, and a water ballast system. And I guess what we did was we we really promoted the hell out of it to um, you know communicate to people the benefit of it. And I guess. That's why we sort of became known for it. Um, yes, others had played with it, you know, with, with some success around the place, but I guess Bar Crusher sort of became uh, really known for it. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's interesting just in terms of, you know, we always felt we had something that was a bit special and different, but, you know, until people uh, uh, buy it, you know, that's that's the ultimate uh, demonstration of, uh, of support. And, uh, you know, we're so grateful. I don't know how many. We never actually counted how many boats uh, are out there and, you know, Bar Crusher is still going strong and churning boats out. But, um, you know, uh, many thousands and, uh, you know, every one of those we're grateful for. I guess we need to go back a step, Peter. We keep saying we. Who's we? <laughs> uh, is it my business partner? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So my brother, Warren, and myself started the business back in 1999 and we were a pretty good partnership, I think. We had a good blend of, of both business and technical skills and we were able to turn it into a, you know, a good-sized business and, you um, you know, with a good culture that, you know, was producing a good quality product. And so, yeah, very much a partnership and uh, um, neither of us could have done it without each other. And, um, you know, I, I think that legacy is carrying on today. You know, that culture still exists in the business. And, um, you know, I passed through Bar Crush the other day and, the, you know, uh, great to see boats go out the door and, you know, achieving pretty good quality standard and, you know, all the things that we felt were really important. You've always been very good at market assessment too and putting your finger right on the pulse of where the, your products needed to be, right from the very start, I believe. Yeah, look, I, I think, you know, something that we always did was we listened. You know, I used to love going to boat shows and I still do and, um, you know, just stand there and listen to people talk about what they like, what they don't like, 
um, you know, ask them about their current boat. Um, you know, what what if, if they had a wish list, what would be on it? Uh, and over time, you'd listen to thousands of people talk about, you know, the things that they liked and didn't like in boats, and that sort of fit into the, you know, the R&D process, I guess. And then, you know, that would go straight back into our meetings and we'd talk about, you know, what we'd heard at boat shows and what we'd heard from punters at the boat ramp and around the place. And, you know, that very much drove what we did. So, um, um, you know, crafting our product around, you know, um, our customers and what they wanted is, I think, the success of the brand. Yeah, and you employed some good people to get that feedback as well. But um, shall I mention that eventful um, uh, trailer boat, the Australia's Greatest Boats competition, when I first met you, when I was a bit critical of one of your boats to start with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, might, I, I might have been a bit sensitive, John. Um, <laughs> no, I, no, I, I want to give you a bit of an accolade there because, you know, <laughs> It, it's my job as a judge back then to be able to look at a product and actually evaluate it with hopefully a bit of experience. Um, oh. I uh, I did come up with some points and uh, I've got to always congratulate you. I've said it to you in the past and I'll say it to you again. The first thing that happened when we got back from that, uh, that competition and the results came out was I got a phone call from one Peter Cleland saying I got a bit of, I think you better come out and have a yak. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I might have I've been going beyond my brief there, but um, uh, I guess I guess we were so passionate and so committed to what we were doing. You become very precious about it, and um, yep. and uh, you know you, you of course have to accept some criticism, and that helps you improve. But you know uh, there's a balance there where you you, you try and um, uh, uh, you know accept the criticism graciously, but sometimes I might have got a bit hot and bothered if people. Uh, Quick, yeah, no, quick question well, what we're doing. So I, I guess we, we were quite passionate and sometimes that flowed over. And and vice versa as well. And and what I want to do is actually give you the credit for, for actually sitting down. I think we you took about three fools cap pages of notes at the time of, of my ups and downs and ins and outs and all the rest of the pieces. <laughs> but what I did appreciate, which you don't probably don't remember, is a phone call. I think it was the next day or a couple of days later. Um, and you turned around and rang me up and you said, John, there's a half a dozen of those items that uh, that you've that we listed as the uh, the criticisms have already been changed in our production <laughs> line, and, yeah. and 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 it is a congratulations for that to be able to sit back and take a little bit of criticism. And you know, I do come from a little bit of engineering and construction and boat building myself, and it was nice to be able to have some reasonable input and come up with a better mousetrap for everybody in the end. And I think that's exactly what you did. I remember each of the criticisms exactly, John, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it was a good introduction to each other, and, uh, and, and, and we have become friends since. But uh, Warren has been your brother. Warren has been obviously by your side the whole time. He's uh, oh, pretty much been the silent entity as far as the public's concerned. Is has he been the more vocal entity as far as the business is concerned? <laughs> Look, I, I think we had a great mix of talents. You know, Warren is technically very strong and capable and there's no way I could have, uh, you know, well, we could have achieved what we achieved without his technical capability in, you know, all areas. So I'm eternally grateful to have such a great partner and, you know, for brothers to work together, we worked together for about 35 years in different things and um, it's quite amazing that the uh, the partnership has been so strong and the relationship has remained so strong and, and still is. So, you know, it's, it's it's been a great journey. Yeah, it's uh, it, it has been a great journey. It's been great for the boating industry to follow that journey all the way through because 
particularly for the boating industry in Victoria too. What a success story for the boating industry in Victoria. I mean, we don't have that many manufacturers, do we, really, particularly in aluminium boats in Victoria. And, and has it been a good place for you guys to, to do business? It obviously has. Yeah, look, I think I think the fact that, you know, when I look at places like the Gold Coast or, or South East Queensland, you know, the, a lot of workers seem to go from one business to the next, whereas we seem to be able to maintain a really good loyal staff, um, you know, and um, I guess I always saw it as a competitive advantage, you know, um, uh, you know, trying to create a great culture in the business where people enjoyed coming to work. And, um, you know, I think we worked really hard on that. We tried to you know, recruit and train and retain really good people. And we always wanted a vibe where people enjoyed, you know, coming to work, enjoyed the business and uh, enjoyed helping us uh, get the job done. And uh, um, I think operating in Victoria, you know, we've always felt that Victoria has been a great place to operate. Um, You know, everything we need has been available here. Um, And, um, you know, some of the businesses in places like Perth and whatnot, you know, often they're losing staff to different industries. We found we had a good loyal crew that stayed and, um, you know, generally we, you know, we were pretty fortunate. But, yeah, look, interesting the journey in terms of technology too. You know, we introduced some robotics into the business about seven years ago, I think. And, um, you know, that was a world first. It was pretty exciting. We, We found some technology overseas that, allowed us to automate some of our welding processes and, and produce some of the best welds, you know, anybody's ever seen in boat building, I think. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, that was a world first in terms of using that technology. Um, never been used in boat building out in the world and, and never been used in Australia. And we're very grateful to get a little bit of a bit of help from the state government to sort of, uh, you know, uh, increase or improve the technology in the business. Um, so we were always on the front foot trying to find better ways to become more efficient, you know, produce better better quality. Um, and, you know, that exploration was a bit of a driver for us in terms of, you know, trying to continually innovate. Yeah. Um, and, you know, nothing gave me greater satisfaction than looking at some of the, you know, the, the beautiful sort of inside chine welds in our boat. They're absolutely perfect. And that was, uh, you know, we're very proud of that. Absolutely. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. The quality absolutely took off over time. I'm not, not that it wasn't good to start with, but it just, very much got better but you got more innovative too with a lot of your branded uh structure as well your underfloor structures your your your, your uh, uh even your cabin structures and all that sort of stuff what was the pure guts to the build process there as far as your your, your flooring and, and flotation you, you registered quite a lot of different units there yeah, look, we, um, you know, I guess, you know, we, we wanted to make sure the boat's really well engineered and strong. People that buy bar crusher boats generally, you know, give them a good workout. So, you know, that full um, full depth flooring, that lattice of framing under the floor, you know, back then, you know, very few were doing it. Uh, fully welded floor, um, you know, just made sure everything from a design and, and an engineering perspective was as strong and, and braced as it could possibly be to take a beating. And, you know, everything has its limits, but, Generally, the boats stand up to a, a bit of rough treatment and, uh, you know, customers, uh, you know, that's why they buy them. You certainly put your money where your mouth is too. You, uh, every photo shoot that there ever was from Bar Crusher was, uh, let's face it, boats leaping out of the water and doing all sorts of uh, amazing things at sea, wasn't it? Well, back then, you know, we just thought you had to bring a bit of uh, a bit of excitement to it and, you know, people charging through a bar, heading offshore to go fishing is sort of the, the, the brand essence. And, um, you know, it was, uh, I guess, you know, who we felt we were and, you know, that's what we what we tried to project. Yep. So, uh, yeah, good fun. You projected it very well, I must say. So, uh, 
going on from that too. It's great to project that sort of image, but to go with the quality and to do it responsibly, but also your sales team has always been exceptionally well qualified uh, and very, very, very professional at what they do. Great for customer backup as well. Yeah, look, we've always had a culture in the business that it's about user experience. You know, it's one thing to, to build a good product, but it's really about how, the, you know, the, the, the enjoyment the customer gets out of it. Um, so, you know, we've always tried to uh, have that culture, you know, in the bar crusher business and in the, in the dealer network, just to make sure that customers have a great experience of the product. And that means, you know, after sale, being available to assist with any little problems or issues that, you know, come up. Um, in the hope that, you know, we, we have a bar crusher customer for life and they might buy several boats. So, you know, that, that, that user experience is absolutely paramount, always was, always, always has been in the business. It's always the mark of a great business as it has comeback customers as well. And, and people, do, people don't realise that uh, there always seems to be those wanting a bigger boat, but it actually turns the other way as well, where people get bigger and bigger and bigger and then realise that their lifestyle, their fishing, their outing, their, their diving, whatever they use it for, may well change and you've come up with different models to suit that sort of progression as well whether it be size wise right down to the little 490s or even going into bow rider type structures or extended cabins you really did expand your range uh from that original what 560 right through to uh i don't know how many different models you've got now they'd have to be 30 odd uh yeah look i guess we try to recognize what the different let's call them segments of the market might be. I mean, primarily our, you know, our audience is a fishing audience. How, however, within that, there's some that want to do a little bit more family boating and there's some that are more hardcore, you know, uh, fishermen, fisher people, yep. uh, women. Um, and um, I guess it's just trying to recognise, you know, where people are at in terms of what they want to tow, what they want to put in their garage, how much fuel they want to put into it, how much deck space they want. You know, things like the bow riders were recognising, I guess, that, you know, some people like to do fishing on a given day and then, you know, they want to go and do some toe sports or go up the lake on the weekend and, you know, that front lounge and casting platform, you know, a bit of a crossover boat that does a bit of everything. So, again, listening to people and what they want to do, you know, when people stand there at a boat show and tell you they've got a ski boat and a fishing boat and a, some other sort of boat, well, we think, well, how can we combine all this into one? And I don't know how successful we are, but we seem to sell plenty. So people must have liked them. No, it's successful, all right. And uh, probably one of the last days you and I ever did on the water was at Lake Eildon with a bow rider. That's right, yeah, per perfect boat for uh, mucking around on the lake on a hot day. Yep, yep. Or um, offshore catching. I've still got photos of you water skiing. Maybe we better supply the <laughs> second <day. laughs> yeah, Hopefully they can afford proper talent now. Yeah. <laughs> Peter, let's face it, for every, uh, for every good time, there's often tough times, particularly in an expanding industry like yours. You've come through it all very, very well. What's your secret been, mate? Well, I guess um, careful planning, um, being a bit cautious, uh, consolidating. We always thought that, you know, um, if you did experience a time that was, you know, a bit, bit tougher and, you know, a bit of a downturn in the economy. I remember the GSC was a time that uh, gave us pause to think very deeply about, you know, how it might pan out. But what we found is that, you know, if you manage your business conservatively and, and don't overextend yourself, um, that, you know, if times are a bit more challenging, uh, that you can, you know, batten the hatches and trim costs and, and, you know, and get through okay. Yeah, there's a few few challenging times, but I felt that, you know, our, our management style served us well in terms of being, you know, a bit careful and a bit, you know, conservative in terms of how we manage things. You're listening.
listening to This Boating Life with thanks to boatingcareers.com.au, a podcast series created by BIA Vic. For training, support and opportunities, visit boatingcareers.com.au. It's the pathway to join your new boating life. The progression of the boating industry over the last 20, 25 years has been unbelievable. I mean, I, I go back to the early days of, uh, you know, having lists of people wanting to buy a $5,000 15 foot half cap and nowadays you couldn't sell one <laughs> really nobody wants that sort of stuff we've found a much more affluent market in australia we've found a market where people very much know what they want and they know where they're going to go and i guess things like the expansion of the southern bluefin industry the southern bluefin tuna uh, fishing industry in victoria has just been phenomenal for for, for bark russia yeah, look, I, I think it's um, it's interesting just to to look at the um, you know, the quality of the of the various offers out there. You know, there's so many good boats out there now. You know, and Bar Crusher has to work very hard to make sure it's competitive in that market, so it never stops. But um, you know, when I look back at, at 20 odd years ago, yeah, it wasn't as sophisticated as it is today in terms of the quality, the offering, the design, the the, the manufacture, the finish. Um, so, you know, it's fantastic to see, you know, it's a really vibrant industry, um, you know, that bluefin tuna fishery you mentioned, you know, um, certainly support sales of, of, you know, larger boats to get offshore and, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It is, it is, and and that's been going Australia-wide too with the introduction, obviously, of uh, four-stroke technology was a real game-changer for all of the boating industry where we can travel further, we can have now much larger engines on our boat, much larger outboards, and mm. still have the fuel to be able to uh, to get to those, you know, longer sojourns. Yeah, yeah. Look, absolutely. Now, the technology, engine technology is, is amazing today. There's, there's some really sophisticated engineering in those, you know, latest engines, latest generation engines, fuel efficient, run beautifully. You know, when you think 40 years ago, you know, people were sort of wondering when their engine was going to stop, you know, and they often did. But you, you look at what they what they have today, they're very reliable, uh, beautiful technology, you know, it's uh, it's just come so far. And nobody's getting sick from fumes from the old smoky two-strokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Mate, uh, I must say, the boating industry, how, how has it represented, the boating industry in, a, in Victoria has represented your product well over the years? Giving you a show, the, boat, the boating industry association. Yeah, look, yeah, yeah. Look, the you know the 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 industry events that the association has put on has been a great opportunity to showcase, you know, our product and 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 other brands in the market. Um, you know, I think the industry association has done a done a great job over the years of supporting the industry. I know there's a lot of advocacy, there's a lot of political stuff that's been very supportive of the industry. You know, an example is the. Um, you know, the commitment that the, um, uh, the state government has given to the boating industry to improve infrastructure and fund it, um, you know, in the last few years. I mean, that's just fantastic and, and all came about through the Industry Association and its hard work. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, look, I know you did a lot of work behind the scenes and uh, as did I at the time. And uh, it is a pleasure to see so many upgrades to boat ramps. Be nice to see a few more new boat ramps, obviously, in Victoria. Uh, but look, we can't complain. We're actually starting to get some real progress in, in the boating industry in Victoria mm. in our facilities, which are just so important, are they? Absolutely, yeah. Look, it's, you know, trailer boats are absolutely reliant on ramp infrastructure and parking to get boats into the water. You know, it's, it's how the water is accessed, obviously. And, um, you know, it's just great to see the government uh, and Better Boating Victoria putting some focus on that 
over the last few years to really try and develop a strategy to ensure that, you know, voters are well supported. So, you know, I, I'm delighted to see that. It's been something I've been campaigning for over, over my entire time in the, in the industry. And yep. I'm just delighted to see that, um, you know, starting to get traction and, and deliver. So it's great. Agreed. But we've also made boating easier in so many ways. So there's so much better trailers, uh, uh, catches, bar catches, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> all a lot of innovation over the years, isn't there? Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, again, you know, we, we, we felt early on that, uh, um, you know, um, people wrestling to get a boat on or off a trailer was created stress and often arguments between husbands and wives. And, and we thought that, uh, you know, if we can resolve those issues, again, just listening to people, what their, what their stress points were, you know, if you can come up with a, with a simple solution. So we did, we came up with the bar catch early days, which, uh, and a trailer that was designed to fit the hull so that the boat, you know, went on and off very easily. Um, and just made life so easy for people, got rid of that stress point. And, um, you know, I, I've noticed since that a lot of others have started to uh, follow suit. So, uh, you know, I don't know whether we were the pioneer, but it seemed pretty obvious to us, make people's lives easy and, uh, you know, they'll buy more boats was, our, was always our thinking. And the marriages may, may last a little longer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, let's face it, for every, uh, for every good time, there's often tough times, particularly in an expanding industry like yours, you know, between cash, cash flow, between production quality, people, staff, all those sorts of things. You've come through it all very, very well. And uh, what's, your, what's your secret been, mate? Well, I guess um, careful planning. Um, being a bit cautious, uh, consolidating. Uh, I guess uh, we always thought that, you know, um, if you did experience a time that was, you know, a bit bit tougher and, you know, a bit of a downturn in the economy. I remember the GFC was a time that uh, gave us pause to think very deeply about, you know, how it might pan out. But, look, we were fortunate. And, again, the pandemic, that was an interesting experience. Mm. But what we found is that, you know, if you manage your business conservatively and and don't overextend yourself um, that, you know, if times are a bit more challenging uh, that you can, you know, batten the hatches and trim cost and, and, you know, and get through. Okay. So I guess the lesson is, you know, but be a little bit more cautious and a little bit more aggressive in terms of financing and, and growth and, um, and just ensure that you can weather the, t- you know, the, the tougher times. So, yeah, there's a few few challenging times, but I felt that, you know, our, our management style served us well in terms of being, you know, a bit careful and a bit, you know, conservative in terms of how we manage things. You've both trained staff and bought uh, staff from outside into the business. What is it about a, a career in the boating industry that you could recommend or not recommend for that matter? Is it a great life? Well, look, I think I think what's great about it, you know, I found great about it was that, you know, we were interacting with a group of outdoorsy sort of people that, um, you know, are like-minded. Um, I think from the perspective of, um, of people working in a, uh, say, a, a boat or boat manufacturing business or marine business, I mean, we, we the skills we used at Bower Crusher were typically, uh, we used typically, you know, welding, so aluminium fabrication and welding type skills. Um, spray painting um, and um, uh, assembly, uh, you know, wiring, plumbing, glazing, you know, fitting things. So they were the three key areas and it varies in different, you know, boat building or manufacturing or marine industry businesses, depending on what they're doing. You know, fiberglass has different skills to say aluminium uh, boat building. Uh, But I think, I think, you know, if, if young people want an interesting career, you know, trade sort of environment, 
um, uh, doing something where they're able to, you know, contribute to making a beautiful, high quality product. Um, I think that's very fulfilling. And, um, you know, uh, we and our staff certainly enjoyed producing good product. And, um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd recommend it as a, you know, an interesting industry to work in. I think there's lots of opportunity. It's a fairly significant employer, but it's also not just in sort of the manufacturing skills or trade skills we used in Bar Crusher, but, you know, there's um, uh, mechanical, uh, there's a huge demand for, for people to go into uh, mechanical type stuff, you know, uh, uh, servicing outboards and boats, um, you know, a whole range of areas. So, you know, certainly worth exploring if, if people think they have an interest in, in, you know, what the boating industry is all about. There's plenty of opportunity and plenty of uh, variety. Absolutely. And look, I guess we're all a little bit guilty of it. Not you so much because you're really a manufacturer using um, outboard motors or power plants from other manufacturers, but we really haven't trained enough people in our industry. We see a huge gap nowadays in good quality service staff all around the traps, don't we? Um, yeah, look, I think it's, um, I think it's an issue of, uh, of trying to provide, um, you know, meaningful, interesting careers for people. Um, and, um, you know, that, that's a challenge for all industries. You know, I observe in, you know, the building trades and everywhere. Um, so, you know, businesses have to work on that and, and have to sort of try to ensure that, um, you know, they're creating interesting career paths for young people. Um, I think it's, it's, it's possible. Um, I think some do it very well, uh, but I think it's got to become a focus, you know, um, for the marine industry and, you know, I know that the Boating Industry Association has been engaged in some initiatives to sort of, you know, communicate the, you know, the career opportunities there. And I think, you know, with the government, you know, the industry needs to do more of that to ensure there is adequate staff available. Yeah, absolutely. Just going back to what we were talking about before with my time, and I was actually trained as a boat builder as well, as you know, but in that horrible mucky stuff called fiberglass. Um, it's not so bad nowadays as it was back in the 1970s when I was playing with it because now we've got proper extraction and protective equipment and all that sort of stuff. But uh, what always pleased me the most about building boats was, you know, you could go through absolute rubbish building those things um, and, and the same with aluminium. Let's face it, there's parts of aluminium construction that can be quite, you know, nah, a little bit uh, difficult as well. But at the end of the day, when you can stand back and have a look at that final product that you and your workmates have produced, um, it's it's a real feeling of pride, isn't it? And even more so when that customer comes through, parts, his, parts with his hard-earned money and drives away with his brand-new boat for that life of boating uh, with that great big smile on their face, eh? Yeah, look, absolutely. I think, yeah, we, we never lost sight of the fact that, you know, it's a very emotional experience buying a, a new boat. You know, it's a, a real lifestyle uh, sort of investment. And, um, you know, when somebody uh, puts their hard earned down to uh, puts a deposit down on a new boat and is excited about it turning up, um, you know, that's that's really special. And, um, you know, we used to always talk to our staff about, uh, uh, you know, try to look at it through the eyes of, of, of the buyer. You know, it's their pride and joy. And, you yep. uh, new car, new boat, whatever it be. Um, yeah, that's a really exciting and emotional time for people. And, uh, you know, our job was to make sure, you know, we, we served up a product that met their expectation and, uh, you know, that the whole experience was was all it could be. So, yeah, it's, it's a, that's one of the nice things about, I think, manufacturing boats, that you are handing out a beautiful, shiny product and, 
you know, you, you hope that people go out there and have a fantastic time using it. And many of our customers, just about all of them, I think, did. So it's fantastic. Absolutely. But the other thing that excites me about Bar Crusher boats and boats of big branding, you know, popular branding like Bar Crusher is when it comes time to either go up, go down, refresh, get new, whatever the case may be, a good, strong brand like Bar Crusher will always give great resale price. In fact, many of the boats that we see nowadays that you built 10 and 15 years ago are actually demanding more on the second-hand market today than what they were when they were brand new. Yeah, look, it's, you know, I was speaking to a, a guy in the car industry once and he talked about, you know, residual value on vehicles and, you know, I sort of hadn't thought much about it, but, you know, when people pay a, a very healthy or high price for a, a second-hand boat, um, you know, it's confidence in the brand and it's engineering and it's longevity um, and, and also it's resale if they want to sell it again. So, you know, building that, uh, I guess, perception of value um, comes from everything you do to build the brand and, uh, you know, create confidence in the product. So, yeah, we, we were delighted to see that, you know, our boats would bring a very high price secondhand and uh, sometimes not far off new. If anything, we probably, I, I think, at times we perhaps built them a bit too well because they didn't wear out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is it about a, a career in the boating industry that you could recommend or not recommend for that matter? Is it a great life? Well, look, I think I think what's great about it, you know, I found great about it was that, you know, we were interacting with a group of outdoorsy sort of people that, um, you know, are like-minded. Um, I think from the perspective of, um, of people working in a, uh, say, a, a boat or boat manufacturing business or marine business, the skills we used at Bar Crusher were typically uh, used typically, you know, welding, so aluminium fabrication and welding type skills, um, spray painting, um, and um, assembly. I think, you know, if, if young people want an interesting career in a trade sort of environment, doing something where they're able to, you know, contribute to making a beautiful, high-quality product, um, I think that's very fulfilling. We and our staff certainly enjoyed producing good product and, um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd recommend it as a, an interesting industry to work in. You're listening to This Boating Life with thanks to boatingcareers.com.au, a podcast series created by BIA Vic. For training, support and opportunities, visit boatingcareers.com.au. More than a career, it's a lifestyle. You just touched on something. You've had a fairly strong relationship with engine manufacturers as well. Yeah, look, we've, we've always tried to, uh, <coughs> to sort of... Uh, you know, work with all the engine brands because they all do a pretty good job of it. And, um, you know, uh, our dealer network around the country would have different output engine brands. So, you know, we, we were required to ensure that, you know, we had a good, um, a good understanding of what each engine offered and the different horsepowers and weights and whatnot and, you know, how, how you prop them, what sort of propeller you put on them and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, I really enjoyed interacting with the engine guys. You know, they, they all were on the front foot trying to pitch their product and work hard at it. Um, you know, it's, it's a competitive business which drives, you know, innovation. Um, and, you know, all the outboard guys were great and, you know, all of them very supportive of us over the years. So we're, we're appreciative for that. And similarly with the technology, uh, the, the electronics technology in particular, steps out as GPS plotters, I look behind me, mate, I'm looking straight out to sea and I used to go 30 mile out off the coast but lose sight of land and we'd be navigating by compasses. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's not that long ago. I'm not that old yet. 
but yeah, uh, I, yeah, things have changed so much in the last twenty years with electronics and uh, and look, it, it's safety with technology as well, even internet uh, systems and things like that. Eh? Uh, yeah, look, it's uh, it's incredible. You know, I just uh, took a boat up the coast to, to North Queensland and um, yeah, had some pretty sophisticated electronics in it with a you know a moving chart and um, you know, AIS, which tells you where other boats are, and you know a, a depth sounder uh, that's looking down. You know, great depth. And yeah, with all that in front of you, you know, I think back to what there was forty years ago. You know, like there was a what were those old sounders with a, a roll of paper and a sort of a used to scribble on the paper. And I think that was supposed to tell you whether there was fish or refund you or something. I can't quite remember how they work, but yeah, if you no, look at what they've got today, it's just incredible. And, and the paper was that expensive but at the end of the day, we used to take it out <laughs> and turn it over so we can use the other side. <laughs> yeah. so it's certainly, <laughs> in terms of, uh, you know, the technology to assist people to fish too, you know, when you look at the, uh, yeah, side side scan sonar and some of the the stuff that's coming out today. You know, you uh, you can see shadows on structure under the boat and you look sideways, look in front. Um, just amazing, and you know, with the ability to uh, you know put waypoints around the place and uh, you know uh, keep information on where you've been and what you've done, and uh, yeah, it's just extraordinary. So yeah, certainly the, the tools have improved. Oh, but also the uh, the ability to navigate long distances and do it safety with forecasting as well. Yeah, look, absolutely. You know, and yeah, you know, we're fitting a lot of trailer boats with uh, with radar. You know, so if people have got poor visibility or no visibility, you know, they've still got you know that sort of information to not only moving charts but radar as well. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, that with contours and depths, you know, it's pretty pretty hard to get lost these days if you've got a lap gear on your boat. So, uh, yeah, like it's, it's been great to watch that innovation. You know, I remember some of the early stuff we put on boats, you know, it was so unsophisticated, you know, it was b- barely of any any great use back, you know, yeah. <laughs> so around 1999. Um, but, uh, yeah, 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 fantastic gear today. Yeah, Absolutely. Amazing. Now, you've always had a dream or was it your dream as well as Warren's dream to build the larger boat and go for cruise? Yeah. <laughs> Look, we, 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 we just wondered whether we could. So, you know, we built a, a 12-metre boat, uh, which was a completely different proposition to building trailer boats. Um, uh, took us about five years to build. Um, you know, it was a bit of a project for, for interest, so we tinkered away on that in our spare time. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was probably more Warren's dream, but uh, very supportive of it. And, uh, you know, uh, we'll have some fun with that in the future. Um, uh, very different to trailer boating. You know, it's a, more of a sort of a liverboard and uh, also taught us about, you know, um, you know, big boat systems, you know, compared to little boat systems or small trailer boat systems in boats, you know, the, the electronics, the wiring, the plumbing, you know, everything, 240 volt, you know, it's a completely different ball game. So a, a great learning experience. Will we do it again? Probably not, but we enjoyed it. And the trip itself, was that your first trip? You've been up and down across the east coast or up and down the east coast of Australia to boat shows and all the rest of how many times, but was that your first trip up and down by water? Well, it was a maiden voyage for, for, for this particular boat. And, uh, yeah, you know, we, the weather was pretty kind to us. Um, had a bit of engine trouble. Uh, I had to, uh, couldn't find a diesel mechanic, so I had to become one for five or six days. But I was very proud that I actually, with the technician's help, I, uh, you know, over the phone, I managed to find the problem and resolve it. Uh, but other than that, it was uh, it was pretty good. And, um, you know, uh, Australian coastline, the East Coast, is just fantastic. You know, if you can sneak up 
and you know, do it in nice weather. There's some certainly Queensland. There's some beautiful anchorages behind islands and that sort of thing. So you know, hopefully in the future we can do a bit more of that. Yeah, well, let's hope you do, mate, because uh, you've actually now moved away from the Barcraft Crusher business. We have new management there. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happened there? Yeah, well, look, the um, Warren and myself, uh, I guess, have got to an age where we uh, had been working long and hard for 23 years and were very passionate and drove the business. But, you know, we got to uh, uh, the brother's a bit older than me. You know, I'm heading for 60. Uh, and, um, you know, there's a time where you just, you know, want to be doing other things. And um, as much as we loved the journey, um, yeah, it was our time and we really wanted the business to be in the hands of a team that are really going to drive it into the future. And, um, you know, we, we felt we've been able to make that transition. Um, it's a good succession plan. I think the business is, is, is in good hands. There's an aspiration there to continue to, um, you know, drive the brand and innovate and scale it, you know, and improve it. Um, and we felt very supportive of that and, and provided the, um, the new owners with our... Uh, our support should they need it, um, but the uh, the Bar Crusher team are there that were there with us, and they're going hard. And yeah, you know, so we feel it's a, it's it's a really really good transition um, that serves the business and the brand. And yeah, you know, we'd like nothing better to see the business continue to grow and prosper, and um, you know become what it can be into the future. So we'll watch with interest. So the boating industry has provided for you to be able to you know re- let's face it, retire with a good lifestyle. Um, you, you do a lot of other things as well. You like your fishing, you like your exploring, you like your bushwalking, and you even uh, put on the lycra occasionally, much to my disgust. <laughs> yeah, well, I had a, had a nasty uh, accident on beach road a while ago, so my cycling uh, has diminished a little bit. But, however, uh, I've got it was but uh, no, look, I love doing all sorts of things. I love you know, riding motorbikes and kite surfing and fishing and, you know, travelling, a bit of everything. So uh, full driving and touring around the place. So, you know, life's full of interesting stuff. Um, you know, I'll be forever grateful for the, uh, you know, the people we've met through our time in the boating industry, many of whom have become friends and we will stay in contact with. Um, it's been a great journey. We've loved working in the marine industry. We've loved creating a, a great brand and, you know, working with a lot of terrific people in our business and outside it. Um, and, um, uh, you know, it's just been a, you know, a terrific time and we're very glad, very happy where we're at in life. And, um, you know, uh, I'm still participating, um, you know, to a degree in supporting the, the boating industry association where I can. Um, and, um, you know, really look forward to sort of keeping those connections. And, uh, you know, I don't know whether I'm going to stop working, but uh, I'm going to have a gap here and see where I end up. Good on you. Peter Cleland, do I get to say the line? Peter Cleland, that's your boating life. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, John. Great to talk. Great. uh, Yeah, and all the best for the future, mate. And I'm sure we'll catch up somewhere offshore or inshore for that matter and uh, and have as much fun as we always have in the past. We'll enjoy an oyster shooter. Absolutely. <laughs> Can we finish <laughs> off on that one? <laughs> Look them up, customers. They're great. Yeah. All right. Thank uh, you very much, Peter Cleland. Bark all the best. Okay. Thank you. See ya. It's the people who make up our great industry and what a pleasure it is to showcase the stories of those individuals who have helped shape the boating industry in Victoria. I hope you enjoyed this episode of This Boating Life. Looking for a job in the boating industry? Boatingcareers.com.au is Victoria's new and exciting online destination dedicated to connecting job seekers with a career in this wonderful and fulfilling industry. Check it out at boatingcareers.com.au. 
Thank you to our podcast host, John Bear Willis. This series is a collaboration between BIA Vic, Tell Your Story Media and Ace Radio. All post-production elements are with thanks to Ace Radio. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us for the next episode of This Boating Life.